We really want to know, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you as a dentist? Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Arnell Wright. And I'm Dr. Effie Ioannidou, and this is Dental Sound Bites. Today, we will be talking about awkward, strange, and very sticky situations in the dental office. From the American Dental Association, this is Dental Sound Bites, created for dentists by dentists. Ready? Let's dive right into real talk on dentistry's daily wins and sticky situations. Back in season one, we got a great idea from a fellow dentist and a listener to do a show on dentistry's tough, odd, and awkward situations. It was such a fun and interesting show. We couldn't get enough. We are diving back to our stories and we try to understand how to stay professional, how to stay compassionate in the face of the most challenging situations. We are super duper excited to welcome to Dental Soundbites, Dr. Steph Ganter and Dr. Bobby McNeil, who are both dentists, motorbike aficionados, and hosts of the podcast, Between Two Teeth. Welcome, welcome, guys. We are so excited to be here. (laughs) So excited. (laughs) We are so excited to have you here. Tell us more about yourselves, your work, and your YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel, Between Two Teeth. And Steph, what are we about? So maybe six to 12 months ago, we started looking at purpose and direction, and we kind of came up with a purpose statement kind of for our show, and it's to connect, discover, and inspire. We want to connect with as many people as possible, discover things about the world, about experiences and stories, and then ultimately inspire ourselves and and hopefully, if we're lucky enough, inspire someone else uh, just to do the most good in the world. Yes. And we want to live our best lives and we want to push others to live their best lives too. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. I love that. Don't you? sounds very inspiring. I'm very inspired (laughs) already. And we haven't even gotten started. Yes, Yes, it's working. It's working. I can't wait to get started. Should I start with sharing my awkward, weird story? I have so many. I have to pick one. Same. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Let's jump right in. So, you know, I mean, obviously you can tell that I don't have any accent, right? I speak like, you know, clearly this is a Connecticut accent. <laughs> I have been a faculty in the, at Yukon Dental for more than 20 years, actually, uh, to this day. And uh, last year... Like 19 years into the job, right? I was going to check on some type of scaling root planing after the students completed the procedure and I sat by the patient. I started giving some additional uh, oral hygiene instructions, how you can brush your back, uh, you know, your uh, interproximal areas between your molars, blah, blah, blah. And the patient turns to the student and say, can you bring a faculty that really speaks English? Oh, wow. Yikes. It was super surprising to me. I was really shocked and I really didn't know. It caught me into the, oh my God, I'm like, what am I? So I walked out of the room. I gave some space to the patient. I think she was probably, it was a bad moment. I returned a few minutes later and she apologized. Everything was back to normal. But that really few seconds when she turned and hit me with this, it was like, Oh my God. Wow. Such a weird and awkward situation that can very easily turn to become confrontational, right? But mm-hmm. uh, by walking out and giving her a minute yeah, to absolutely. kind of think what she just said. And I think the student also turned to the patient and said, I don't think this was a very right 
comment to make. Mm-hmm. So Siri thought what she said and everything turned out to become a very nice and happy ending in the story, <laughs> but it was a very, very awkward situation. I think one of the smartest things <clears throat> you did was to walk away and give that time. Yeah. In my MBA yep. program, we learned about the concept of amygdala hijacking. Mm. And when something happens and emotions get high, sure. realistically, both sides are really having a hard time thinking logically about things. You step aside, you let the endogenous epinephrine and norepinephrine, everything kind of settle down. Mm-hmm. And then you go back in and have a reasonable conversation. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, if you become defensive, this can turn very ugly. So I really didn't want to create a scene out of this. And I have to say mm-hmm. that it has to also do with the levels of insecurity. You know, if you are comfortable <laughs> in your skin, you know, they, yeah, whatever you they know say, what? let them, you know, it's fine. Let's turn the page, move on. Correct. And, and we often see yeah. people at a bad time in their lives. You know, they're yes. in a spot where they... They don't want to see us. You know, Mm -hmm. you're a periodontist. I'm an oral surgeon. They don't want to be in our office and it's stressful for them. And just kind of listening to your story. Oh my goodness. I I can't imagine the mix of emotions that were probably going through your head at that very moment. Yeah. For me, I I think I would be angry and just frustrated because they're, they're picking on a part of you that you didn't wake up this morning and say, okay, I'm going to make this more difficult for this patient. You are authentically being you and you're there, you're showing up and you're showing up in the best version of yourself. Right. And you're trying to help somebody, let alone be a mentor and a role model for the dental student. All of that's frustrating. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's sad because if had this happened 25 years ago, society was different. We have evolved so much and we are so open. Mm -hmm. Diversity has really become a central piece of our lives in higher education even more, right? So it was very, very weird to me. 19 years into this job, I have never ever experienced something like Mm -hmm. this. And I think it was a bad moment. And you're absolutely right, Bob. And so you were able to just kind of like recover really quickly, huh? Yeah. Oh, no, I do recover quickly. Yeah. Like imagine if you had been super easily uh, offended type of person, like you would have like dragged that entire situation on way longer and then nobody would have accomplished what they came into the school for that day. For sure. Arnell, I love what you just brought up as far as uh, how long does this affect you? You know, for me, when, I, when I'm in the clinic and, and we have certain situations that are emotionally charged, right. sure, we can get back at it superficially and say, okay, that happened. We're going to move on. We're going to get through this procedure this day. But the, the tough part is people that tend to suffer in silence yeah. later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or how many times it replayed in your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. See, exactly. I, love to, I love to pivot. Exactly. I compartmentalize everything. I put it in a little box and then I turn... And then I'm on to the next. Man, and, and that that's, served me I'm so happy well. for you. That has served me well, <laughs> and that has served me poorly at other times as well. I'm so happy. Yeah, that's a superpower. Yeah. yeah, definitely a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yes. All in one. Oh, my. Well, Dr. McNeil, what's your tale from the operatory that you're willing to share? You know, as I looked at some of these clinical situations, <laughs> my very first interaction with a patient in dental school, I almost passed out. <laughs> that was a weird situation. But then I said, no, that's not enough. And then I went to, when I was taking my board examination, I had to use a backup, backup patient. Mm. That patient ripped off the rubber dam. I failed the exam. Oh my gosh. Now I'm a board Always examiner tough. with the examination. And part of that was just, don't let failure stop you. Mm-hmm. But then I thought about it and I said, realistically, the message that, that was tough for me, I got to a point in my life in 2017 mm-hmm where I was appointed by the governor to the state dental board. 
Professionally, I was on my peak, but personally, I had a hard time going into the office each day. I was burned out. I had a a marriage that was not working out, and it was super duper tough. And I talked to my staff. I was not the person I wanted to be just in the office. And I said to them, I said, you know, this is, I'm having some challenges. I had a group of friends around me. Mm. That was a group of dentists that kind of helped me. And I just sat down with them and I said, man, I am burned out. And I felt, I felt somewhat like a, like a fraud or a failure because professionally Mm. I was like way up here. And then personally, the other stuff wasn't working out and it wasn't fun going to the office and I didn't want to be in that spot. And that's part of probably why I do what I do now. Yeah. I think that's in part why, you know, the ADA Wellness Initiative has such a pull to me Mm -hmm. because I've been in a spot that I think so many are. And I was so fortunate and blessed to have people. I had a group. I had connections. I was able to kind of open up to appropriate people to help me out. Right. And I, I, that was sticky because it, it could have gone different directions. And certainly Absolutely. as a state board regulator, I'm still on the state board and I see challenges where people don't get the help they need. Wow. You know, I have a question for you. Like while we're on this topic, um, imagine had you not been able to identify mm. that you were burnt out. Like I think that a lot of people, they they postpone or they don't get the help that they need because one, they can't identify it. Or maybe they are like all of us here. We're very well educated. We're very um, successful in our careers, in our lives. And we may turn a blind eye to it. Can you like, what's, what's your thoughts about that? Well, I love to control things. Just ask Steffi <laughs> Steph. She will say that. Well, I'm a hardworking dentist and, you know, being in practice is very difficult and this is just the mm-hmm. way it's supposed to be. And you just show up day after day after day and you don't realize there's got to be something better. Right. And on that note, and thank you for sharing that. Oh, it's you. actually, I mean, we talk about vulnerability, authenticity a lot on our show and mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to talk about. It's really tough to share your personal story. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think about when I hear you tell that story is that this concept, this notion that we have to show up on our our strong horse Mm -hmm. every day, we have to be that that knight in shining armor for our patients, for our families, for our friends. And the truth of it is, that's not where connection lies. That's Mm -hmm. not where wellness lies. Mm -hmm. Wellness lies in the cracks. Wellness lies where we are authentically burned out Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, it's almost like it's okay not to be okay. It is okay not to be okay. Agree. But I think very frequently we are, you know, we kind of uh, walk the thin line in this dilemma between the high responsibilities that we carry yes. in our professional life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the vulnerabilities, the moments that we are like, we really want to sit down and take a breath. And many times in many minds, those two cannot uh, reconcile. It's really hard to. So I definitely give you a lot of credit for sharing with us, first of all, and also going through this experience. That's not an easy experience. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's made me a better board member. I think I've just gotten more involved with the ADA Wellness Initiative, and I think it'll help me from that component. We also talk about, you know, we're driven individuals Mm -hmm. as dentists, Mm -hmm. but you really have to be intentional 
in how you recharge. So not only are we talking about sticky situations, we have also incorporated a little bit of wellness, resiliency, (laughs) mental health into this episode. I love the direction that this has gone in. So Dr. Gander, what's your story? Oh, buddy. (laughs) Buckle up. So... Save on credit card processing fees with Best Card, endorsed by ADA Member Advantage. Submit your latest credit card processing statement at bestcardteam.com slash ADA for a free statement analysis to learn how much your practice could save. We'll let you in on a secret. When you listen to Dental Soundbites on the ADA Member app, you'll find exclusive content with more stories, more tips, more fun. Download in the App Store, Google Play, or visit ada.org slash app. So I got married when I was in residency and probably too young for me. And I I got a divorce right when I was getting out. The challenge is with that, your your name, right when I had graduated. So when I started my first job, my name was uh, Dr. Briggs. And so all my patients knew me as Dr. Briggs for that first like six month period. And then it changed to Dr. Ganner once the paperwork went through. So unfortunately, I got a lot of congratulations mm-hmm. when that happened. <laughs> so I would go in and I would say, oh, hi, Mrs. Jones. How are you doing today? And she goes, oh, my goodness, congratulations to you. <laughs> How was the wedding? Oh, God. <laughs> Tell me all about it. And inside I was like, oh, what do I break it to her? Is this something that I need to go into right now? My staff's kind of, you know, like, oh, I don't know how you're going to handle this one. And so, of course, you know, I'm just like, ah, uh, yeah, it was it was great. But then, you know, you have the the little old lady that's going, oh, no, tell me more and more about it. And at some point, I got to say, hey, it, it was actually the other way. Uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I, part of the reason I, I bring that up is that, one, we talked about failure earlier. Failure is a part of life. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been touched by it yet, it's it's coming. I promise you that. And, and for me, with, with this story in, uh, specifically, I was a little angry about how the this is part of the way the world works. You know, for women, they have a choice to change their name when they get married. Or not. Or not. Or not. They have a choice. Or carry this <laughs> nightmare of a last name, but with uh, <laughs> conviction. I said, I, I will never it. change my name. Yeah. This is who I am. Whatever. I said, no way. This name, the three vowels will follow me for life. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. I didn't change my name either, actually. Right is my maiden name. I love that. And I have several colleagues that have never changed their name, but I also have several colleagues that have changed their name. Yeah. And they, everyone has their own reasons for, or for not doing it. Yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because it's kind of crazy. Cause if you do change your name and you're trying to, whether you're whatever, for whatever reason you're doing it for, you're kind of exposed if you go back the other way. I yes. It's almost a, a red letter A when you're walking around. Yeah. I've had reps too say, oh my gosh, congratulations. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know why it's the congratulations and, and no one thinks, hey, maybe it's the other way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's my, that's my first sticky situation. I want to kind of segue into one that's a little bit more close to home for me. And it happened a little bit more recently. So when we're in uh, a lot of our a lot of our procedures, we're doing them under IV sedation, and I'll have the the patient will kind of stretch out their arm, and a lot of times our chairs they don't get over far enough, so I'll have the patient rest their arm uh, on on my leg so I can start the IV. 
a pretty standard setup and their palm is facing up. This one gentleman decided to, uh, once his, the back of his hand, which touch, was touching my leg, the other, the, this guy decided to turn his hand over and actually grab my leg. And then he had a very sexually suggestive comment right afterwards. <gasps> I froze. You know, they talk about fight, flight, or freeze. Right, right. I really didn't know what to say. I had two young dental assistants in there, and they were just kind of watching. One of them couldn't even control her expression. I, I won't say what he said, but it was very inappropriate. I ignored it. I, I started the sedation. We started the procedure. And the tricky part was the human in me was so angry. There was so much anger there. How could this guy just just say this and violate a professional, our professional relationship like that? What gave him the right to come in there? I don't go into a, a doctor's office and say whatever I want. What gave him the right to do that? And and also it embarrassed me if I'm being completely honest in front of my assistants. Absolutely. And I said nothing. Mm -hmm. And so there was a little bit of guilt there, a little anger, and uh, and all the all the while. You still need to do your absolute best to provide care to this patient mm -hmm. as you start your procedure. So we finish up the procedure, uh, dismiss the the patient to their ride uh, so they can go home. And afterwards, I have my assistants come in, and they're both in their early twenties. And and these two assistants, one's a female and one's a male. And I said, look, I'll never be upset if you stand up for yourself and say, hey, that's not appropriate. That's not right even if it means that money walks out the door. I, I don't care. I want to make sure that you guys feel protected yep. at this office. Wow. Would you do things differently if you had to do it over again so, with that patient situation? You know, I've actually gone round and round. I mean, what can you do? I'm a, there's so many things here to unpack. One, is it worth it? There's a voice in my head that's saying, look, we're set up. You're going to sedate him. He's probably nervous and he's just having this nervous chatter. It's not right. But what what do you do here? And, you know, the other thing is like when you're new in practice, when you have these big cases, this case was unfortunately a high dollar case. And, you know, mm -hmm. do you, one of the thoughts that walked through my head is I don't want to embarrass him. That's crazy. But that's one of my thoughts. Mm. Like legitimately, I, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. But then what, what happens if when you have to see that patient at a follow up? Like how is that interaction? You know, when you continue to manage them, do you chart this in your note? Do you, you know, alarm the whole team like, hey, be on the lookout for this? Right. Because I think about those things like, the like down the line if I have to see them again. Yeah. For him, it, there is no evidence that he would have even thought anything was wrong. He uh, he just goes about his normal way. It's not that mm. it makes him, I, you know, we try not to have a female only in there with him. We always try to do the buddy system. Absolutely. And I, I pose this question, yeah. that same question. I, I was part of a Harvard Surgical Leadership Program. And we have a, a women's surgeon group on the side here. And I posed this, I said, told the scenario. And shockingly, my scenario was the most G-rated oh, wow. out of the stories that I heard from some of these women. Yeah. And it's not just in America, it's in Italy, it's in the UK, it's all over the world. In Europe, this is the mainstream. That's not, wait, don't, don't even go there. Yeah. Not don't even, even go, go there. there. Right. Right. But I want to say that um, you're absolutely right. And you, you, it, it was your practice. It was your decision. You, you read the room, you made your decision. And, you know, if you are comfortable mm -hmm. with this, that's perfect. It's a great resolution. Mm -hmm. The problem that I see is when those things happen in dental school, and they do happen, mm -hmm. they do happen to female dental students. 
And and then, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, we started in many schools, including UConn, we started developing policies to protect students from this because when the student is exposed to a behavior like this, you know, and again, they are conflicted because on one hand, they want to complete the case for credit. Yes, right? of course. And on the other hand... They're trying to get out of there. Exactly. And on the other hand, they feel very uncomfortable and they don't know if this continues outside the school. Mm. So they are even more vulnerable so it, it's mm-hmm. such a complicated situation when it happens at the school level and, and to Steph's point yes. people are always watching you Yeah, and there have been so many times in any patient interaction I'll walk out and go oh my gosh I wish I had not done what I just did Yeah, and, and yeah. to have a sit down with your staff and say this is what happened quite frankly I may have done something different if I had to do it over again you know, not expecting a perfect decision when something like that happens. That's such an unusual thing. And I think it's great to cast light on some of those issues. Oh, absolutely. Transparency. It's the transparency and it's also the discussion point. And I I also talked Mm -hmm. about this situation with a group of female dentists in my area. And I was just trying to, I I don't know, and it wasn't I didn't want to suffer in silence. If I'm being completely honest, this hurt. Yeah. I don't know why comments like that have to hurt, but they do. And I think for, it hurts my ego and it's frustrating because I don't know why it always has to come back to that point. I don't know where that, that's just kind of those comments, the, the sexually suggestive comments. Why does that have to be the end all? Why is that the last little zinger that, you know, you, you fall kind of subject to. And I, I guess my frustration is, that more women don't kind of speak up about it. And I was actually inspired to start talking to some of these different groups because of some of the books I've been reading from some female athletes and their stories. And so I I absolutely love it and am encouraged by some of the women who kind of refuse to remain silent. And I would say, Steph, it's super important for women to hear these stories and it's super important for men to hear these stories as well. Absolutely. And I agree with you. We always have these conversations in the dental school when we bring gender issues and equity issues and harassment discussions. They used to be perceived as women's problems. They are not women's problems. They are society problems. And if men are not in the conversation, we will never change the situation. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the fact that you share this story. This is huge and amazing the way that you transparently share the story with your staff and you, you know, allow them the space to, if this happened again, how to behave and how to react and how to feel free to express themselves. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. So speaking of frustrations, we've talked a little bit about that. We've talked about communication. We've talked about burnout, all of these things. Um, My story kind of encompasses a little bit of all of those. So I have this one particular case where I did a consultation with a patient who needed an upper denture. They needed uh, some teeth extracted on the lower. They had some perio-involved teeth. Terminal, den- terminal dentition, excuse me, and they came in. They were by themselves the first go around. Um, it was a female and I did the treatment plan and we were going to just start with the upper. But I made sure that I shared that sooner than later, those lower teeth were going to be coming out as well, right? So um, I took care of the uppers, delivered the denture. It was a, an immediate denture, right? And then I did my post-ops with the patient. You know, I saw them, did adjustments, blah, blah, blah. So then a month or two goes by and then the patient comes back. This 
this time she's accompanied by a family member. And so I was just like, oh, okay. And I am like crazy when it comes down to documentation. At least, you know, I really, really try. (laughs) And so in this particular instance, I'm super duper excited that we had some documentation on file. So, and what I mean by documentation is like, if I present a treatment plan to the patient and they verbally decline, I still present that treatment and we scan it in. Like even if we change it and give them something else on paper because the patients want to see something different on paper. um, And if they accept that treatment plan, I still scan in or make sure that it's recorded what I offered the first go round. So this was all on file, right? So they were just like, no, someone told us, someone told them that I was going to be doing the extractions for free. And I was just like, I have no idea. (laughs) Who said that? I'm going to pause you right there. It was the awkwardest, (laughs) you know, listen, I was so, I was frustrated because, well, so, so all of this happened with, I was actually seeing other patients right in the office. Right. And so then my manager comes to me and is like, okay, doc, I need to kind of pull you in the office for this. And I was just like, okay, what's going on? And so I kind of remember the situation. I go back through the computer and I'm just like, well, the treatment plan for those teeth are right here. Long story short, I did end up doing those teeth. I did end up extracting those teeth for free. And I know the world is probably going to slaughter me about this. But um, what I had to think about was what was more important in the situation. And here I am, you know, I'm like the teeth were waving in the wind. It was literally (laughs) like, you know, it was one of those situations where it's like, it's not going to take me any time. The patient could literally just twist. Even I could have taken them out. I you think. could have, but the patient could have taken them out herself. And um, I did decide, I said, you know what? I'm not going to argue back and forth because I'm really solution oriented. And if we would have just continued going back and forth, then a whole bunch of other things I feel could have happened because it did get really heated in the four walls of that office, right? So I ended up doing those extractions for free, but I made sure that the patient um, signed documentation that I had given them the treatment plan. The person, like I, I went into my office and I typed up, you know, a different type of consent. I made sure that I explained the situation and that all parties involved, like the family member, the patient, myself, the manager, we all signed on the dotted line at that time and so that's my sticky situation and as a new dentist so tough. Y- yeah it was really really tough because for me it was like yes I could have made money off of those but at the same time I also have a reputation to uphold this person who they named who was not there I wasn't in on that conversation whether it happened whether it didn't but at the same time I was like I'm not going to argue about this so like let's just get it done you have the denture already let's just deliver it and then it, it was over with from there it's it's good that it was only the 60s and not an implant supported over denture. Yes, you exactly. Know, right? You exactly. know? No, no. If it was <laughs> that, then that would have been a d- completely a different, different story. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, I didn't add that we were, we were a startup. So it was literally within the first month or two of oh. the office being open. And so then on the one hand, I'm like, so all right, you know, I'm like, I yeah. really need to produce at this time. But then on the other hand, it's just like, I don't want to be the doctor who was a jerk and you know, there was somebody who made this promise and then I don't deliver on the promise because it doesn't fall on that individual. It falls on me. You know what I mean? (laughs) I love what you're talking about as far as you're seeing the forest. Yeah. You're not just seeing the individual trees here. Yeah. And even though you may not have had the production from those six anterior teeth, yep. you may have won five more cases right. off yep. of a positive, it, you know, it, words from it, those in patients. Steph, it makes me think about, do you want to be right 
or do you want to be in a relationship? Yeah. And from a state board regulatory hat standpoint, (laughs) you would be amazed (laughs) the number of complaints that are filed over a $100 bill. I'm sure. A a consult fee or something else. And the time out of your practice, your interaction with malpractice carriers, your own mental well-being. Leaving some money on the table. I I was going to say, your your old partner in practice, Ronnie, used to say that. Don't be afraid to leave money on the table. He would say, leave money Mm. on the table. There are times where other dentists have thrown me under the bus Mm. clinically and unnecessarily, and I have given back money with a signed release after interacting with my malpractice carrier. Yeah, I do that too. And just say, I did this stuff. There's nothing wrong with this. But, but, you know, you have another clinician say something and that throws everything out of line. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, But when it does, yeah. It wears you down. Yeah. And that's where talking to other people, having connections, saying, hey, how would you handle this situation? That's why I'm glad you guys are doing this sticky situation <laughs> podcast. So people will hear this kind of stuff. And I think Dr. Wright's story is amazing because it's really, you know, like it, exactly you hit the logistics and the economics of the practice. Yeah. Well, so we have a little thing that we like to do here on the show where we ask a question and then we go around with rapid fire answers. Is that okay with everybody? Love it. Okay. So I want you guys to go around really quickly and complete this sentence. So the best thing about dentistry is Steph. Freedom. The mandible. (laughs) Dr. Effie. Protecting oral health. There you go. All right. So there you go. The academician. Awesome. So what? <laughs> my answer was terrible. <laughs> the mandible. Was but awful. that's the first thing that came to my yeah, head. The mandible. The mandible. I love but the mandible. I, do love, I, like the I love freedom. That's actually that's something. Freedom that's is probably good. something yeah. for another another time. Actually, I was gonna say I could totally go off on that so much. It's there's so much freedom with right? the industry, and I love it. Okay, so more quick fire, Bobby. You're gonna start. What's the first word you think of when you hear dentists? Freedom. Stop. You so just took your strike it. <laughs> Take it out of the reel or whatever this. Stop it. No. All right. So what about yours? Y'all have had two seconds to think of it now. So you should have an answer. Connection. Connection. Dr. Effie. Fun people. Yes. I was going to say type A. <laughs> so what's the first word when you think of when you hear smile con? Amazing. Fun. Smile. Smile, smile, smile. Smile, nice. Okay, what's the first word you think of when you hear candy? Hershey's. Carries. Oh, carries too. Or, you know, something bad. I was going to say sweet. (laughs) Dental carries. You guys are not chocolate lovers. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm an oral surgeon. All right, last one. Let's see. What's the first word you think of when you hear sticky situation? Steph, you go. Opportunity. Challenging. Dr. Effie. Resilience. Resilience. I was going to say awkward (laughs) moments. (laughs) On the next Dental Sound Bites. Difficult conversations in and out of the dental office. We're talking about the importance of mastering communication skills and how to tackle tough conversations. Get the tools and the knowledge to communicate effectively with your team, learn from crucial conversations, and set your practice up for success. Well, you guys, this has been such an amazing episode. It has been great to have you all here. Um, We want to just say thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for all of the wisdom and the stories that you shared with all of our listeners and with yours as well. So can you tell everyone where they can find you all? Go ahead and plug all of your channels, your show, 
Let everybody know where they can get more of this. YouTube uh, at Between Two Teeth. Our Instagram is at B2, the number two teeth. I we have to say from uh, Bobby and I, Dr. Wright, Dr. Effie, thank you guys so much for doing what you do. It is oh, tough. Thanks. We know how tough it is to show up every day and do things just like you guys do. You got to be <laughs> on. You got to have a smile. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind yeah. of day you had. My hair. You got to get that cotton lashes. We love it. Thank you, guys. We love it. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. So if you like this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend or a colleague. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you can get the latest episodes. You can also rate and review and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Dental Soundbites is an American Dental Association podcast. You can also find this show, resources, and more on the ADA member app and online at ada.org slash podcast.